really hope that we're able to be mindful and jot it all down and say, this is what I'm really truly grateful for and I'm not going to take it for granted again. Welcome back to the Love Myself Podcast. I'm Brooke. I'm Charlie. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, she is someone I have known for a very long time. She received her doctorate in school psychology from Rutgers University. She's currently working on her first book on mental health. She runs an uplifting Instagram called Therapy Thoughts. Welcome to the Love Myself Podcast, Alexia Conco. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, we're so excited to have you here. How are you doing on this Tuesday? I'm doing very well, actually. I spent the day writing, and I'm very excited about it, and hopefully we can go into that a little bit later in the podcast, but the book is definitely coming along. Awesome. Um, so do you want to just start us off and tell us a little bit about you and your background? Sure. Um, so again, you introduced that I am a certified school psychologist by training. Um, I do have a doctorate in applied psychology. And again, as you already said, I'm currently writing a novel on mental health. Um, and that's sort of my main focus right now. Um, my journey has mostly been in school thus far. And after COVID-19, I plan on heading into more of an office type setting um, to do psychological assessments. And after that, I may sign on with a traveling school psychology um, company. And what is a traveling school psychology company? What does that mean? So what that means is basically there are companies out there that um, contract out to school systems and into areas that are in great need. And so that may take place in different states um, around the United States. So that could really be anywhere that they're in need of a psychologist. And they outsource to schools. So schools partner with companies. And that's how they get school psychologists into their school. So you kind of rotate through different contracts in different places. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, So I also know that you started out at Monmouth University. Um, Now, did you always kind of plan on getting your doctorate? Did you know that you wanted to go into school psychology? So I actually did not ever plan on getting my doctorate uh, while I was an undergrad. I was very unsure of my career path. Um, And at that point, you know, I went through a lot of changes with deciding on a career. I thought maybe teaching at one point. I thought maybe law at one point. So it was very uncertain. Um, And I remember talking with an advisor and I sort of asked, you know, what should I do? What should I major in? And he kind of said to me, do what you're interested in and a career will come naturally from that. And mm-hmm. he was really right. Um, that was really kind of true for me. It wasn't uh, until I discovered school psychology and looked into the different options that I decided to get my doctorate. Uh, and what pulled me towards getting the doctorate was the ability to have many different options and really to be able to practice psychology privately one day, which I'm now working towards. Awesome. And I, th- I think what your advisor said is really good advice because I started off as a psychology student as well. And yeah, bachelor's in psychology, Oh wow! you know, doesn't yeah. really mean much. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of different places that you can go. And 
that advice, I, I didn't get that advice, but I kind of mm-hmm. feel like it happened for me because I work in HR now. And mm-hmm. in undergrad, though, my second major was communication studies. And I kind of found out about HR because of the way that my classes in psychology and communications overlapped. And then I sort of found out about HR. And yeah, it all made sense. Like I followed my other interest, which was communication. And somehow this job of HR kind of came to be. So that's cool that you kind of had the same experience that led you to down your path. Absolutely. I really think that, you know, it's all about, you know, a path, right? And I think we get on that path and, you know, we might take twists and turns, but I think ultimately we end up on the path that we were supposed to go. So ultimately it really doesn't matter. You kind of end up there anyway, which is cool. Um, yeah. So did you work while getting your doctorate or did, were you just in school? So while I was getting my doctorate, I did work. I did have sort of on the side jobs, whereas I would nanny for different families. I also uh, took a teaching assistant position while I was getting my doctorate. And I uh, TA'd, if you will, for Mm -hmm. a psychology course at um, the graduate school that I went to. So it was for Rutgers undergrads. um, And I did a small group and did sort of a um, recitation, if you will. Mm -hmm. And did you like the teaching aspect of it? I did. I actually did really like it. And I liked it because, you know, I don't know those listening if you're familiar with Rutgers, but it's a very large university. And for Mm -hmm. that particular class, it was a class of about 50 or less students. And then we broke up into a few different recitations. So I had only perhaps like, 12 students and I was really able to get to know them and really able to, I was actually able to grade their papers. You know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. only exam based, whereas bigger classes at Rutgers had, I don't know, maybe 750 kids in it. You would never be able to do that. So I enjoyed it a lot getting to know them and, you know, influencing their passions or interests with psychology and sort of being able to give them some uh, insight into, you know, actually, going further into it. Cause as you said, a, a bachelor's in psychology, what does that really mean? And mm-hmm. that's where they were at. So it was cool. Do you think you'd ever, um, just hearing what you're saying about enjoying teaching, like, do you think you still consider that something you'd want to do like down the road? I do think about it. You know, that's, it's interesting that that's coming up because I have thought about it a lot. <laughs> with, you know, am I going to teach a, a college course or a class? And I would definitely consider it. Um, I think that my mind's on sort of writing right now mm-hmm. and my mind is sort of going towards um, finishing that piece where I can have my own office. So that's sort of at the forefront, but I don't, I wouldn't discount, you know, saying that I would go into teaching because I would, and I do enjoy it. And if it was the right fit, I would go towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to talk a bit about that book that we keep mentioning. What inspired you to write it and kind of what is your focus? What do you what is it about? Sure. So the book as we talked about is going to focus on mental health. Um the book is meant to be a self-help book sort of um but also mm-hmm. I will uh say that there's going to be a story with that. So it's a self-help book, but there's going to be a story attached to it. Um, So it is going to be sort of a journey. Um, It is going to address challenges uh, with a range of psychological disorder. So there's the basics of, you know, anxiety and depression, but also the book is going to get more into sort of 
traumatic experiences, PTSD from traumatic experiences, bipolar disorder, antisocial personality disorder. So some of the untouched sort of disorders that haven't been mentioned so, you know, easily. And so, you know, as anxiety and depression are very accepted right now, it's going Mm -hmm. to delve more into those untouchable sort of disorders that you don't typically hear about. So um, it is meant to be self-help, but there's also going to be a story attached. So that's what I can say about it so far. Well, that sounds really great about your book. Um, And I'm, is it a difficult process? Like, I can't imagine what, what, Carly? I was saying, yeah, what's that like? Like, the process of the book, it probably seems daunting. (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, See, I, it's interesting because when I speak to people about the book and they all had sort of a similar reaction that you two had with that must be daunting and it must be so hard to to get the writing out and oddly enough that isn't my experience but I will preface that with the fact that I think I've had a book in me for a a very long time and I think I've had the ideas somewhere that I couldn't access and having quarantine and having that I think dimmed distraction has made the ideas come to fruition and me be able Mm -hmm. to produce writing for the first time uh, besides my dissertation <laughs> but <laughs> well that yeah. was a bit forced I bet <laughs> that was, yeah really forced I was just earlier, like quarantine this is like perfect I, I didn't realize that was like part of the reason why you were getting things on paper now was kind of just being in this situation because earlier when you said mentioned the book I was going to say well I'm sure quarantine has made that a lot easier to work on but that's crazy and then like are you finding too that like writing things out and, and actually getting those ideas on paper, it, it starts to move along faster or better or in some way. Yeah, Carly. Yeah. I think that's exactly what's happening. That pen to paper, if you will, not literally I'm writing it on my Mac, but <laughs> um, it has made the ideas fall out. And I try not to, um, cause I tend to be a perfectionist and I tend to want to go back and say, well, you know, I don't want to say said, I want to say, yeah. you know, like, like edit in real time. Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying not to do that so that I can get through the chapters. And the chapters are coming out like somewhere around 2,000, 2000 words each. So it's flowing. On a day when you say, okay, you know, today's a writing day, kind of how do you get yourself set up? What gets that creativity, you know, the words coming out? Self-discipline, how do you do that? Well, to be honest, <laughs> I kind of got all the ideas out, at, at like I said, at once. I sat down um, – and it took me about probably a month to get all the ideas out and to sort of do a um, kind of a book map. And what I did was I kind of sat there, got all my ideas out, and then kind of did a web, wrote them all out in a writer's notebook. And then I connected the ideas that could go together and then organized that into chapters. So I had a chapter outline and I've been now going back and starting to write each chapter and you know I've had my characters for you know since the idea came to me I've had most of it so the creativity has kind of been there the past month or so mm-hmm. and now I'm actually like Carly said you know I'm actually writing it out and letting the thoughts flow if that makes sense 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. You know, we mentioned we're in this time of quarantine and and coronavirus kind of controlling our day-to-day lives. Have you experienced anything with yourself or the people around you having stressful or anxious times because of because of the world that we are in? And do you have any tips on how you're dealing with that? So to answer your question about stress during COVID-19, I definitely see what you're talking about. I definitely see a heightened sense of anxiety from folks who I typically haven't seen it from. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's that's natural, right? And that's normal right now for a time like this. So I do have some coping mechanisms. Let's hear it. Yeah, we can definitely go through a little bit of some of that and um, and I'll share that with you. I think that anxiety typically comes from worrying about future events, right? Mm-hmm. Um, depression typically comes from worrying about past events, right? We're thinking about the past. We're going over it in our head and the anxiety of, of what to come and, you know, are the people around me going to get sick? Um, so what I would really suggest is staying in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And that is also called mindfulness and just being aware of your surroundings, right? So that means... We're not thinking about the future. We're not thinking about the past. We're just right here. So that's sort of just a strategy to kind of bring yourself back to the present moment whenever that sense of anxiety pops up. Yeah. Along with mindfulness, a lot of the times we hear about meditation as well. And I did actually hear that the app Headspace is doing – it's free for people who have been on unemployment. I don't really know how they prove it, but I, I heard something about that. And I thought that that was, that was really cool. Cause obviously, I mean, as someone who is currently um, furloughed, um, but I know that taking some time <laughs> to be a little bit mindful in the day has, has helped me for sure. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, meditation is great. If you can do it on an app, that's wonderful. If they give that to you for free, that's even better. I had no idea. Um, deep breathing works well or if you want, want to do a guided uh, meditation off YouTube that mm-hmm. kind of brings you to a different space you know if, if you're dying to be somewhere that you can't right now um, sort of they do beach meditations they do rainforest meditations mostly anything that is sort of calming for someone mm-hmm. would it be on there um, also journaling is a helpful one but again, that depends on the person. So yeah, I actually, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, if I was going to say, if you're someone that likes getting your thoughts out and that's helpful for you, journaling could be a good quote my scale. Yeah, I actually, I tell Carly uh, that she needs to journal more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm beginning to like, because I've had so much time to like sit with the thoughts and I've also been one of those people who's gotten anxious over the last few months because I think I'm anxious when everything is normal. So, you know, with all this, I'm like kind of freaking out some days and I'm like, actually I'm, I'm trying different things to, to calm down. And yeah, something I have noticed is that like when I open up a Google doc and I just like type away, like stream of consciousness, it, it feels like it's like leaving my brain. Mm-hmm. It's been helping me a lot, like so much lately. And I don't have any rhyme or reason to it. I literally just stream of consciousness and then never look at the Google. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to. 
you know, that's the beauty of it. Cause it's, you have to, and like you said, you've been trying different things and that's good because I think now is a really good time since we have, you know, time off and certain people have time off, um, that you can try different, um, self-care routines or self-care rituals, um, you know, and you've tried the journaling, which is great. And I think people need to figure out what works for them because I think some people, I'm just thinking of, you know, people that I know personally or even like women might be better with journaling than men, you know, that it might not work for everyone. Right. Yeah, for sure. But um, I would also say movement is a good one. You know, I know you guys are, your podcast is centered around fitness. I think movement of any kind doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be running or exercising, but even walking, moving your body in some way. Yoga, I highly recommend that for anxiety. Yeah, I've been trying to get more into yoga. And when this quarantine all started, I and actually when I had first got placed on furlough, I said that I would wake up every morning and I would do yoga because I do I think it is such a good practice, but it's hard for me to get into like I, I do yoga every once in a while, but it's hard for me to make it a daily practice. And, and I want to, because I mean, I do have a lot of anxiety and I do think it, it is helpful for me to like slow down. Right. Um, cause I don't do that often. So I'm trying. <laughs> and you know what too, it also reminds me of just sort of, this is another self care tip, but just don't be hard on yourself because yeah. you tried it out and it wasn't for you and you might work on that in the future and you might not. And it, mm-hmm. both things are okay. Right. I, that's so important too. And something that at, again, at the beginning of this quarantine, I very much wanted to be productive and things like that. And Carly was kind of like, it's okay if you don't, you know, like, yeah, I was like, yeah. to do, it's okay if you don't arguing yeah. the different points. We were like, this is a great time to like work on yourself. But then I was like, but also you don't have to yeah. <laughs> you feel like, yeah, like I, oh, Lexi's writing a book. I should be writing a book. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, not at all. Because there are people that, that helps me, right? That yeah. helps me to cope is to write a book. But, you know, it might be, you know, your or the next person is better. They need to kind of decompress a lot more because of the anxiety of the quarantine and they need to watch movies more. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clueless is coming to Netflix in June. Just oh. for the record, that's a good one if, if you just need a laugh. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Do you have any more tips um, for yourself? Yeah, I was going to say, what do you do? Like, what what works for you personally? Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, yoga. Nice. Writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually am big on aromatherapy, actually. Ooh, okay. Uh, with essential oils, and I diffuse sort of the lavender and the eucalyptus, the calming ones at night, and then to kind of wake me up, or if I'm sort of in a, you know, a stream where I'm just kind of complacent, i uh, an uplifting one is orange, lemon. I do grapefruit and that sort of energizes you. Mm-hmm. You're like getting down. Yeah. So those are good ones for me. Um, and also a big one for me personally is getting outside in nature as much as possible. So if I, if I can go hiking someplace scenic, that is really, that is really one that sort of centers me big time. And I also limit my news exposure. So that might come with some judgment, but I don't really watch the news. I sort of try to stay updated online or so, mm-hmm. and I don't spend hours in front of the news because that does. Come I think that's so important. Yeah. That can be like, 
mind like you can literally just because again too like you can just hear the same things over and over again so like kind of allowing yourself to be maybe like an arm's distance away where you're like you're reading it sometimes you're you're only you know reading the stuff that is like important to you or just a couple of little highlights so that you're not you know it's not like innocuous yeah well I am someone who traditionally I like to like I listen to a news podcast almost every morning but to bring it back to this time I have kind of distanced myself a bit from it because one, I mean, in regard specifically to the coronavirus, like things change every day. So to keep so up to date with it really doesn't, it changes all the time. You know what I mean? So like, and if it's causing you stress, anxiety yeah. to listen to, then yeah, I think it's definitely a good idea, especially during a time like this or even the fact that it's like a political year. I keep yep. telling myself I'm going to get rid of the Facebook <laughs> oh, no. I'm waiting. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good tip. And I think, yeah, you have to know yourself and know how it affects you. But yeah, it's a hard, a hard decision to delete some of those news apps or social media okay. apps. But I'm it's, glad it's, you brought that up. Yeah. Too, because I feel like that's so like, that's not I think that's I feel like that's something maybe people aren't thinking of. That's really bothering them because they feel the need to stay informed, but they're not realizing that they're like overdoing it. Right. Yeah. And I think they think that they have to stay informed, you know, especially if they're responsible for, you know, a family or if they're, they're working or if you know, it pertains to their job. It, it's very much that they might feel that they have to watch every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that could be detrimental, you know, and it, and it might not be. It might just be detrimental for us three and, and some other people, but, you know, some people might be okay with it. Everyone's different. I think that's the point that we're all making together. But um, something else that I did personally, coming back to this time, you know, during quarantine, is that I made a an after-quarantine bucket list. So I don't know Ooh. if that's a tip that people might like. Oh, cool. that is a good one. I, yeah. Do you want to share some things that are on it? Um, I don't have it in front of me, but from, you know, I remember a couple of the things. Um, and one of them was actually to get a tattoo for my late aunt because I never did that. And it's something that I thought of for a long, long time. Um, she passed away a couple of years back and I sort of just put it off. And that's something that I definitely want to do to honor her when we are able Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I know it's delayed, but uh, you know, obviously, sorry for your loss. Um, oh, I am someone who also has some tribute tattoos, um, and I have one also that I'm waiting to get. Um, so I like that. Great. What is it, if you don't mind me asking? We don't know yet, so we just haven't gotten it. That's also hilarious because I have my first tattoo on because <laughs> Brooke and I have been saying because Brooks wanted to get that tattoo, and I finally was like yo, I have one, I'm committed. Because my problem is I'm like, I change my mind quicker than, you know, I change my clothes. Like I'm so all over the place. And I was like, you know what? I think I finally thought it. So I was like, that's what I want to run out and do. I was actually looking up today how to, where, who to go to. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so antsy about it now. I feel like I have to do it. Right. Yeah. There's something about like certain things being taken away that now we really want to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I was even thinking this morning, like, I was like, I better, when this is all over and, like, races are a thing again, I better sign up for every stupid 5K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do take so many things for granted. Even I was talking to my little sister today, who's 13, and, you know, she's not loving the the school from home. And I'm like, Karina, you would have, like, cried for and prayed for this 
like months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's like, but but she doesn't want it now. I'm like, well, you know what? It's good because you'll be grateful when you go back and yeah. and hopefully you don't you don't lose that. I mean, so often we're grateful for you know, and then yeah. and then you go back. <laughs> it's so easy to focus on the things that suck about going to work and that suck about going to school. But like at the end of the day, if it's all taken away, you're going to miss your friends. You're going to miss the routine. You're going to miss getting out of the house. And like, it's just, it, I think it's, it's nice too for everyone who's young and as well during this time and like learning through this of like how to shift your attention on the things that matter when, when you have everything in front of you and when things are going well, it's just as important to do that, especially as when things aren't going so well. Well, that goes back to that mindfulness that Alexia was talking about earlier, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that includes gratitude, you know, and kind of just focusing on, you know, what we really missed out on during quarantine. It wasn't, you know, the material things. It was really being around people. It was, you know, like you said, your sister's missing school and being a part of that. And that's a piece of connection. That's connecting Mm -hmm. with others, connecting with your teachers connecting with your peers, you missed seeing each other so much. And, you know, all of those things, the things that matter, and you were able to see it and hope that people don't go back to complacency and, and start, you know, taking that for granted. And, and the little things, I really hope that we're able to be mindful and jot it all down and say, this is what I'm really truly grateful for. And I'm not going to take it for granted again. Right. And and something I'm grateful for is my family and friends who obviously a lot of us have, have not seen a lot of our family and friends. So I want to ask you, we've talked a bit about what we can do for ourselves and self-care and coping mechanisms. But if we see a family member or a friend who's maybe struggling during this time, do you have any recommendations on kind of how to broach the subject? If we know that sure. they're feeling stressed and anxious, how we can help them? Sure, Brooke. And I really do think it could be a simple talking with them and checking in with them um, regularly. I think that it's important. Uh, This is a huge piece of therapy, and I'll just share it with you. What they report to you with what they're struggling with, validation is the key here. You want to validate their experiences of anxiety or stress right now. Um, So what that means is instead of saying, you know, that's not something to worry about or you can't worry yourself sick, that's going to be invalidating, right? And mm-hmm. unhelpful. So, you know, instead you might want to say something like, I, you know, I'm hearing you're having a hard time with this. So how can I support you as a daughter, as a friend, as whatever the case may be, and sort of empathize with their experience? That is going to be huge right there. And they're going to know that you're there for them. That's what matters. You don't yeah. need to be an expert to be there for them. Yeah, I agree with that. And even something that, I think often people say either times that I've maybe felt anxious or depressed, people who maybe who haven't had a conversation with someone like you or haven't listened to this podcast, um, you know, if sometimes when people say they're feeling anxious, you know, well, yeah, there's no reason to. And yeah, that's the wrong response. Um, Like the best thing is like, you know, if I tell my boyfriend I'm feeling anxious and he says, that's okay. You know, so so what do you want to do? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to watch Netflix? Do you want to read? Like, you know, so what do you want to do? Like, that's it's fine that you're feeling that way. We all feel that way at some point, you know, Um, and it's kind of like, what do you where do you put that energy instead? And it's it's okay if it's a nap, you know, if you just want to just relax. But but yeah, validating, I think, is really important for sure. Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, I think even in episodes before this, when we were like first going through this, I think part of like what I was saying was, was my concern was I felt like a sense of guilt 
like getting anxious and this is so I feel like this is so weird or I, I expressed this on the episode too feeling like this is weird because I have my health I have my job I have everything like and 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 for me to feel anxious sort of felt like really out of place and I feel like a lot of people can relate to that because mm-hmm. it, like you get anxious about your own things like you're living life through your like lens and, and you have your own inner world and like right. it's not always perfect and I think like I think that's kind of what was was my concern and that was kind of how I saw it was wasn't necessarily that I didn't feel validated I I didn't feel validated in my in my own particular type of of anxiety like you didn't feel like you had a reason to be anxious yeah I I would sort of already start the conversation with myself of like well why are you anxious like you're fine your whole family's fine you're home whatever what you're telling me Carly, that you were pretty much not validating yourself, right? Exactly. You just have to just be a little bit kinder and just say that, you know, your feelings are valid here. Um, you, your anxieties are valid here. And sort of empathize with yourself as you would a family member or a friend that was telling you that they were struggling. That's exactly what I was just going to say. And, I'm, and you, you literally yeah. took the words right I'm at. Is I've, I've read so many times, like, talk to yourself like you talk to a friend. Yes. And I think I'm, I'm definitely in a better, better place than I was when this all started going on. Because I think my that was probably, like, my first reaction was to be, like, to, to have those thoughts. But I think after a while, because also, like, that doesn't lead to anything good. You have an episode, you freak out, and you're like, okay, no, I actually have to be, like, nice to myself about this. Because yeah stuff going on that that is totally fine and and it's totally fine to feel this way and hearing it from other people helps too like you know my mom would be like listen like you gotta like you gotta calm down you know or you gotta you gotta try something and 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 seeing it as more of like wow like you know I have all this time and I have this whole opportunity to figure out certain things that you know help me cope with with anxiety like we said like journaling and stuff too like actually the time to dedicate to myself right now and sort of like flipping it around that way absolutely like a mindset shift that's really vital you know and I think I really appreciate you sharing that you were sort of grappling with having anxiety and feeling guilt about having anxiety because there might be someone out there listening that is also grappling with that and can sort of just sit with that and say to themselves you know I need to just validate myself here and sort of work through it. And like you said, do some coping mechanisms and see how I'm doing with those and see which ones work. Yeah, I think it's cool. And I think like if anybody is dealing with that, I think something that like helps with the mindset shift, because sometimes I struggle to change my own mind too, because for for one reason or another, it, it can be difficult um, especially without like, if I also don't allow myself to like reach out to other people, I think, that's something that helps and kind of just like flipping the switch and just like talking to yourself and like talking yourself off the ledge and just being like, listen, like, like calm down and like trying to be your own best friend in your head. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, hard to do, but I think like it kind of helps to, to talk it out or, or do the types of, or just try all these different types of things and just try to find a solution. Like I feel better now, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was like progress. And, nothing's perfect and it's just a journey but I think the the mindset shift and sort of what we call positive affirmations is sort of you know the negative thoughts come and that's just an automatic thought you know a thought can pop into my head that this guy is green but it doesn't make it true right so Mm -hmm. we have to kind of go, go through our thoughts and say you know 
well, quarantine and, you know, COVID-19, this is horrible, obviously horrible, very, very horrible and tragic, but this is temporary and things will get better. Yeah, that's super important. And I mean, I say those things to myself like every day, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And the for me, everything that I've learned within psychology and just reading and going to therapy and just learning different things about how to deal with my own anxiety, like having the tools is the most important part. And mm-hmm. what's helped me, and I, I feel like I've said this before on the podcast, is just like accepting that the bad days will come and like just using these tools every time. And it's going to get easier to kind of push away those thoughts. It's going to be easier every time to to be more mindful and to be in the present moment mo- uh, 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 the present moment quicker. And so I just feel like having these tools and and the more we talk about it, I think it's just important and the reinforcement. Um, Absolutely. Um, but I want to switch, switch, I can't talk today. I want to switch gears a bit and we could talk about this as much as you're comfortable or as it's relevant to you. It seems like you have a really solid balance. Um, you know, you talked about the aromatherapy and the yoga In any other ways, how has health and fitness made an impact in your personal life? Yeah. So with everything that I mentioned, the yoga, the aromatherapy, hiking, being in nature, writing, um, it, you know, the health and fitness part, though, has really grounded me. The yoga and sort of hiking and, and walking daily, that has really sort of made positive changes for me. Um, as simple as sort of reacting to hostile situations less frequently or being more mindful and more present with those I love, doing what I love. Uh, also, I will say it has allowed me to better help students and clients because I've been able to center myself a lot more, especially with the yoga piece. Love that. Yeah. And I know you mentioned sort of how did I balance it? Yeah. 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 The doctor. And that was really difficult Um, because while obtaining that degree, it was very isolating. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to stay balanced because I couldn't go out and socialize whenever I wanted to. Uh, I had to spend most of my studying and writing papers and writing a dissertation right and I was forced to finish that but you know I always kept healthy by you know eating a healthy diet and just doing some form of exercise to relax me when time got stressful and I think that's where I really picked up the yoga emphasis did a lot of other students practice yoga did you find that any did you have any friends in the program that you guys tried to kind of do those things together a few did. I think a, a few were runners like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, running running helps to clear the head um, for sure. <laughs> I feel like with, with health and balancing other things, I, I've said this before. We have like a business coach at the company I work at and she helps us kind of like, well, lately she's been helping us with the transition to working from home. Yeah. Um, and I, I usually structure my whole day around when I'm going to run because it also has to do with when I'm going to eat. And so I think for me, like it helps, like, I feel like if I were, you know, doing something like so isolating and spending all my time doing something like cool to, to that extent, I feel like I would get, it's possible to get carried away with that because mm-hmm. you just want to spend all your time doing it. And you're so you focused, you're in it. Sometimes you don't want to get up to take a break, but I think you know, having something as important to you as just moving your body and knowing that like you're going to be happier once you're done with the walk or once you're done with the yoga session and, and just making sure you make time for that. It's like, 
I feel like it's such a game changer and it's it's such a good thing to have in your schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I didn't prepare you for this, but we do have some questions to ask you, but is there anything you want to wrap up? Anything else you want people to know? Any advice that you have for anyone during this time? I would just say, you know, as we've been saying with each other now, be gentle with yourself. Don't feel that you need to, you know, write a book. Don't feel like you need to go on a rampage. Take time for yourself. Rest if you need to, but also um, take good care of yourself. Make sure you're you're eating right. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Make sure you're doing what you need to do in terms of strategies like we talked about, tools like we talked about to, to center yourself and to lower any of that anxiety. And we'll get through this. This is not going to last forever. So just keep that in mind. Uh. Let's no let's hope. No, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, you're totally right. It will not last forever. Um, but so we have a couple questions, like I said, to end things for you. I like to just call it the rapid fire game round. Pretty simple. Um, are you ready? Sure. Okay. First question. Uh, pretty easy. What is your favorite book? My favorite book is Harry Potter. And I think that Anybody yes. who knows a little bit well might, may know that. Might know Let's that. go. Best book ever. Seriously. <laughs> All right, Carly, you can get the next one. Okay. What is the most rewarding part about your job? <laughs> uh, the most rewarding part about my job is seeing that light switch go off within a student or a client, seeing that, that moment of change and that moment of shift and also the bonding that occurs uh, in the therapeutic relationship is very important to me and I hold all of my students and all of my clients in my heart always (laughs) Um, I'm like that makes me so happy Um, okay uh, do you have a go-to hype song I don't (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) do you have a personal mantra or something you follow like a saying or a quote I do it's it doesn't get easier you get stronger sick I love yeah. that you know you've said so many things today that I really resonate with because <laughs> my well my mantra that I have been telling myself lately is growth and that I feel like that's the same thing and yeah. and I and my explanation of it is like when I'm running is that I feel like the more I like it even though it seems hard, it's it's getting easier every time I do it. That's and I'm getting amazing. stronger. I love that a lot. Well, I love what you said, and you said it in shorter words than I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next act too, Brooke. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. Is there one habit or practice that has changed your life? It is definitely yoga. And I know I'm being a little bit repetitive. but That's Okay. Well, with that, do, I mean, I don't really know because I'm not like a legit log- yogi, but do you have a favorite yoga pose? I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah. What is it? So um, I don't know the exact name for it, um, but sort of you are, you, one hand is on the ground. Your right okay. hand is on the ground. And, and I'm going to try of- to do it while we're on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, is anyone trying this? I am. Okay. Right hand. Right hand on the ground, so you're going to bend towards the ground. Okay. With your right hand on the ground, and you're going to pick your back leg up. Which one? 
your back left leg up. So you're sort of oh. leaning on your right hand. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's the pose. Oh. And sort of lifting. Sort of lifting up. I love you. I don't actually know if, if I'm doing it right, but I am doing something right now. Wow. Okay. Good. I, I just like anything that puts me upside down in yoga because it just makes you, you just, I feel like after that, I feel great. Yeah, no, head headstands, if you can do them, are great. They're really grounding, really centering. They're just tough. You know, you have to have I've been practicing headstands for the past few weeks, and I, great. I'm i not good. I keep doing, like, forward rolls out of it. <laughs> That's okay. I'm so, I'm so serious. When, when we hang up, I'll send you guys a video of me trying it last week because it's pitiful. But, but I'll send it no, to you to make I, you laugh. I couldn't lie and say that headstands were my favorite pose because they're just, they're super difficult. They're stressful. Um, but they are, yeah, they're cool in there. They're definitely. The opposite of yoga. They cause stress. No, they're just because it's a lot. Actually, I, I, for a while, when I was like doing yoga really, really often, I could do um, the headstand, not like the tripod one, but from where you just like lift your hips and I could stay in it for a long time. And it's hard because you literally have to use every part of your body. Yeah. You have to think about that the whole time. But it's a really good one to sit in because that whole that whole body connection, like every part of your body being connected in that moment, and then the blood rushing to your head is nice. <laughs> I just sent you guys the video. My legs don't even go up. <laughs> oh, God, bro. Is that um, the headstand? Yes. I noticed that you really need to spend a lot of time you need to spend a lot of time keeping your upper back straight and balancing your hips stacked on top of the rest of your lower Yeah, lower I, the YouTube video I watched kept saying, stack your hips, whatever yeah. that means. That's literally <laughs> the most important part. From dolphin pose. I don't um, know what dolphin is. Dolphin pose is, is that, isn't that downward dog foot on your forearms? Yeah, so you're on your forearms arms right with and then you're gonna creep your um yeah in the downward dog but then you're gonna creep your feet all the way close to you and okay what starts to happen is that your legs start to lift on their own if you're you yes. tighten up the your core yeah goes right up to a headstand but it's that's exactly that's exactly it because you you need to like have it almost needs to happen naturally like you need to move into the pose where you're stacking your vertebrae yeah. And naturally, your legs just come up straight. Well, I'll keep trying and updating you, but I will say that when you can't do it, like it's really hard and it takes a lot out of you. So I can only do it for like five minutes. I'm telling you, you'll have the aha moment when you feel like yeah. your hips fully stacked, like your legs, it'll just feel natural for your legs to go up. It is. That's how I got it because I, it was hard for me too. And I was able to learn it through the um, dolphin. Thing. Yeah, I I literally stayed in that like dolphin pose with legs forward. I stayed in that for so long, and then like one day it just happened, and I stayed in the headstand for like a full minute, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I got it." Like <laughs> practice. Okay. Yeah. Practice. Well, hopefully, I will have that light bulb moment with the headstand. Um, Carly, do you want to ask our last question? Sure. Well, it's not a question; it's a command. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us three things you love about yourself. About myself. Okay. Yes. That's a tough question. But I I really do love that my passion with things. 
Um, and I guess it's sort of related, but sort of I have like a very driven nature. Right. Um, and the ability to like not give up when I encounter roadblocks. Love that. Love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I'm so grateful for all of the information that you gave to us. And this is something that we've been wanting to, you know, have someone else talk about for a while. And given the current circumstances, it's super relevant. So thank you so much. Thank Thank you you. for having me. It was so great talking with you. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, And yeah, that's all we have. I I mean, oh, your Instagram. I I want, I mean, we'd, we have oh, yeah. so many listeners that want to know. Um, <laughs> tell us where to find your Instagram. Sure. It's therapy thoughts underscore underscore. And I'll probably be posting a spoiler of the book at some point. In the Ooh, okay. Therapy thoughts underscore underscore. I will put that in our description. And thank you so much again. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. You too. Good luck with your book. Oh, yes. Good luck. Thanks again. Thank you.